Hey, I'm Amar Chohan. And I'm Charlotte Williams. Thanks for tuning in to Love, Hate, Create. We speak to the smartest people from across the advertising industry to find out what they love about it, what they hate, and what change they want to create. Hello. So our guest today is Anouk Jantz. Anouk is the creative director at Spring Studios based out of the Milan office. Prior to that, she was an independent creative. She has also done stints at Virtue, as well as the fashion brand Marco Polo. But what's most interesting and exciting about today's episode with Anouk is that she was the main contributor for a documentary called Kill Your Darlings, which was the very inspiration for this podcast. It shed light on some really interesting topics and issues in the advertising industry that Charlotte and I felt really needed to continue to be discussed and that's why we created it. So we're really excited to have Anukon today to talk about that and her career and um, let's take it away. Good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Wonderful to have you, Anouk. Um, you are, in a sense, our muse for this podcast. That's so lovely. Of you <laughs> no, that's my heart. <laughs> Good to be someone's. So, of right. course, <laughs> absolutely it, best thing that you can tell exactly. me. Exactly. Um, and so, we, of course, worked on that film together, Kill, Kill Your Darlings, um, and um, we we had a very interesting and wonderful experience working on that. Um, and I'm going to kick um, us off with of course the name of this podcast which is around what do you love what do you hate and what change would you create within our advertising industry today very interesting question love hate and what i would like to create so what i love i think this is the easiest one to answer is definitely the opportunities that i see in our industry today the opportunity for creativity for reunion for diversity I really think that as a creative, if you are in this industry, advertising, fashion, I'm somewhat in between, then you definitely have a lot of opportunities on the table to become a great creative, to meet great people, to meet like-minded people, to create new ideas, to shift the world and influence culture. And I think this opportunity to really change culture through advertising, through ideas, through creativity is what I love. What I hate is the system that we built around it and the structures, our foundation, sadly, still our foundation, or we think it's our foundation, even if it's not. And this has been also the fight that I have been fighting for many years now, being someone who is not the, I would say, classic advertising creative director. This is my biggest challenge. And this is really something I really, truly despise with everything that I am. This kind of setup that we have, the way we work with clients or better to say, not co-create with clients, the distance that we built in between collaborators, the way we approach ideas and creativity as such. So the whole structure, everything around it is something I really do hate and I'm trying to change it. I'm trying to find new ways. And then what I would like to create is based on that. So I definitely trying with everything that I am again to create a new system, to create a new workflow, to create a new thinking process, also regarding timings, deadlines, the way we communicate our needs to a client, the way we speak to a client, everything literally. So the whole environment, I'm trying to change that 
so that clients and agencies and creatives can start a new working relationship. Gosh, lots to unpack there. Yes. Let's, let's get specific for a moment then and focus on the hate aspect of your, your answer then. Give us, give, us, give us a bit of an insight into some of the experiences you've had that have given you that strong feeling towards some of the systemic things we, we see and, and have to deal with in the industry. Ah, where to start? So, I mean, the last years I have been dealing with the same issues literally every single day. And I was very naive, I think, believing that I could step into a setup like an agency, any agency, and change it overnight, which is something I clearly cannot do, especially because these structures are so deeply rooted in our system and it's really hard to break out of them. Right now, my biggest difficulty is definitely how we kick off a conversation with a client. So it starts with how do we actually align? Normally, it starts with the client briefing the agency, then the agency coming back with questions, with um, a timeline or with a date to meet. And there's a small amount of time for a first conversation. But I really need to fight every single day to have a deeper connection with a client, to really sit down on the, at the same table and have time. So time with a client to find that and to not only have that in the beginning at the end of a project, but really in between, not only have small check-ins or to have conversations where something is going wrong, but really also being co-creators, this is the biggest challenge that I'm facing. And I think it's deeply the success of a project, how much we are collaborating with a client and how our conversation, our dialogue is. So this is the first thing. So this is the first thing that I do with every client that I try to tell them, look, we want to work differently. We see each other others as partners, not as client agency. We are not suppliers. We're just not coming like Amazon with a package and say, here, this is what you ordered. Here it is. It's a different process. It's not like ordering something online and then stealing this because it was a great quote from Tobias from Nivea who actually wrote this after seeing Kill Your Darlings. And this is how I've met him. And this comment, this quote, it stuck with me. And it's very important every single day to also remind my team that even though we are cold suppliers, we are not. We are not machines. We are not Amazon. You can't just order an idea as to be a salad and then the next day you have it delivered to your doorstep. No, it's completely different. We're humans. We work in the creative field. You can't just press a button and receive sparkles and creativity and the greatest idea. You need to work on it. You need to create a creative environment. And this is the second most difficult thing to really every single day next to deadlines, timesheets, briefings, de decks, everything to create a creative environment. It's a big challenge. So it's very, it sounds like almost a philosophical yes. movement away from that transactional relationship, but also quite an operational um, steps to be taken. I think that word you use, co-creation, is, is really interesting. And I remember actually talking to another agency guy and he said to me, he was MD of an agency, he said, you know, if you're getting a brief from a client, then you're really doing something wrong. Um, you know, his view was, is that to, to your point around co-creation, that it, it, it shouldn't, the brief shouldn't even exist. I'd love to get a little bit more of your, your take on that, what you think about I that. I absolutely love it. It's the way that I thought when I was a freelancer, I approached the people that I knew, so to say, let's say clients, sadly, because we do not have another word. I only can say clients for everybody to know what I mean and who I mean. 
But I approached them with my ideas. I looked at their brands and I looked at their content and I came up with ideas. I told them what I think would be necessary as a next step. I told them what I was inspired by and I gave them my ideas and my approach. So even still for me, after so many years in the agency world, it's still weird to receive a brief and be like, okay, this is exactly what we need to stick to. And they want this and that and this target group. And then to find your own space for your own creativity, it is very hard. Like we just worked on a pitch the last um, five days and to really find the middle ground between sticking to the brief and creating something that is us, that is something that we really want to fight for, it is not easy. And this is also what I always tell people that are not creatives and are not working in an agency. And I think it's also glamorous and glorious and easy. It is not. It's a really tough job. And it's exactly what you said in the beginning, Charlotte. It's philosophical. It's something about how do we want to live? How do we want to think? How do we want to speak? How do we want to live together as humans on this earth? It's it's big questions that are coming into these kind of thinking processes every single time. And I would love to not work with briefs. This is something, if I could ask brands to just give us the idea of where they want to go in the next years and then let us come up with ideas. Some brands are gladly doing that and they are coming to the step, but many are not. They're not ready. But if more brands would be ready for it, I think it would be amazing. It comes down to the, the quality or who the client is then really, doesn't it? Have you found yourself or your colleagues being a bit more selective then about the kind of clients you work with? Or is that just not possible because of the business requirements and urgencies that you have? If you Very good question. Agency? Very good question. I remember this topic was one of our main topics with Mischief when I was in New York and I visited them there. And they are so amazing at saying no. And I also read this quote saying that the most successful people are nearly saying no to everything. And I do believe that to be true. But at this point, I think... I'm, I've, I've never been a no person, first of all. I've always been more the yes to everything and then I just make something or try to make something great out of it person. But now more and more I realize that we do need to say no and not only for budget reasons, but also for quality reasons or client reasons or chemistry reasons. But we are still not there to say no to a lot of things because we still need more opportunities. And I think also something I've learned coming into a new agency, I'm now here at Spring Studios for 10 months and being a very young creative director of a very young diverse team. I still, first of all, need to show clients what I can do with their briefs before they trust me and delivering my own stuff, my own ideas. So right now it's, I'm still in the period where I need to say yes and then show them what I can do. And then I see already that their approach is changing and the more I deliver and the more I show them what we can actually do, the more they give me also freedom and then I can be more selective. But in the beginning, I definitely need to say yes to everything that was put on my plate. And now I thought hopefully in the next year, I can step-by-step step move into selecting the clients that I really want to work for and with. We'd like to take a quick moment to thank one of our sponsors. Massive Music is a global music agency and partner for some of the world's leading brands and agencies. With 10 offices worldwide and over two decades of expertise, they deliver everything you need in the field of music, voice and sound, from sonic branding and activations to music for commercials and licensing. Just to name a few, Massive Music works with clients such as Heineken, Nike, The North Face, Philips and Colgate. They also provided the music for this very podcast. 
On top of being a lovely bunch, they're an official sound partner for brands on TikTok. And since 2021, they're part of Song Trader, the world's largest B2B music company. Their ultimate goal is to combine musical craft with strategy to elevate your project or campaign through the power of music in sound, which, if you ask us, is oh so needed in the advertising world of today. If you're interested, send an email to lovehatecreate at massivemusic.com so they know you came through us. Needless to say, they're all ears. You mentioned timings, deadlines, timesheets even co-collaborating spending time with the client and kind of getting to know them uh, that feels at odds with the standard ways of operating an agency doesn't it in terms of yes. recording how many hours you're spending on a brief and then the client scrutinizing that or not that stuff's got to change in your opinion or is that kind of not too important it's more about the actual relationship both i mean the first the, the ground is always build around the relationship and the dialogue right but still all the other stuff that i mentioned in the beginning i do think it needs to change but the difficulty that i discussed i remember i discussed this with mo when i had my first month here at spring and he told me first focus on your team focus on creating a safe space for them and then go into trying to change the system and trying to change how we deliver how we talk to clients how we do our timesheets and so on but i think my biggest challenge is that I do not want the structure. I do not like the structure. I do not believe in that structure, but I don't have a better way yet. I right now am taking out a lot of these things, but now I need to prove in the next month that even without it, it works and not everything is falling apart because it's always this challenge also for account managers, managers in general, production teams to see, okay, if we take off the structure, are the creatives still able to deliver and do we still have a path and deadlines are we able to make the deadlines are we not then just a chaotic bunch of people trying to achieve greatness so where is the middle ground and where do we find the balance and it's something where right now i'm just asking clients that learn to trust me and that have a good relationship with me to see how it works and really be a little bit part of discovering if there's a better way to do things so i'm really kicking it off by saying okay, look, we can do it this way. This would be the usual way, but we can also do it the other way. This might be that we will come across a few challenges or maybe even more challenges. And some days it will be a bit rocky, but we might come out of it with even better ideas and a better feeling for each other. And some clients that actually have the courage to say yes to that and they're aware. And as long as we are transparent and transparency is key, then I think this can work, but it only can work if both sides agree. So the clients are just as important as the creatives. Also big learning for me. I always had a little bit of feeling, oh, if as we creatives, we do everything right, then the client will come along on this journey. But no, the client needs to be ready too. They need to agree from the start. If you do not bring them in properly in the beginning, you will lose them at the end for sure. Yeah, and you need to create that sense of psychological trust, right? between you and that client and that takes a little while yeah. to build of course they they need that um so it sounds to me like you're slowly but surely dismantling mm -hmm. some of the outdated structures um i'm sure people would love to hear in a year's time how you're getting on with that is it about finding the evidence then it sounds to me like you're you're doing this quite 
quite in a structured way like you're you're slowly trying to ch- chip away at it and i guess you need to prove do you to your organization and your clients that, it, that this different approach is working exactly i, I do need proof i can't just yeah. do it and then hope for the best i do need to show my clients that they are also safe when they're coming to us which also means to sometimes go with baby steps and not try again to change everything overnight which also was one of the biggest learnings that I had because I'm a very fast person, normally very fast talker, fast thinker, fast paced and everything in my life in general, often also too fast with certain things. So again, finding the balance is tricky, but really understanding that it's better sometimes to take a step back, look at it from a different perspective and then go into it again and be fine with things taking time. I remember my manager telling me from the beginning, like, Anouk, Rome wasn't built overnight. It took some time. And I just told him, yeah, it's fine, but I don't want it to take a year or two. And now I do see that some things will take a year or two, even though I do not really like it, but it's necessary. So I'm again here 10 months. And I thought in 10 months I would be able to completely change everything around. And this was not the case. So the only things that I think I managed to do looking into these last months is definitely a new setup, a new spirit in the team, a new way of being creative, brainstorming, having a dialogue, a complete different approach with certain clients and a deep relationship with clients, which I was very lucky to find in such a short amount of time. But again, regarding timesheets and deadlines and emails that have EOD in the the subject, this is something I haven't been able to change completely yet. But I'm working on it. Those three, those three threaded letters, <laughs> these three letters, and I have them every oh. single day on my plate. I can tell you, EUD is a, a word on its own. I don't know what it is. It's a sentiment. It's um, it's also mm. something where I I see that if I say out loud EOD or I write it, I can see the energy of my people shift. <laughs> so I'm really trying to avoid it because in the first months it has been something that was mainly my main word every day because it was just something everybody was saying EOD, EOD. But now I'm trying to really kill this word <laughs> altogether. So if you ever set up your own okay. agency, you'll have to be called not EOD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also timings. I mean, timelines, it's a, it's a big thing. We could discuss only timelines, I think, for an hour. Yeah. So, Anu, you yes. have spent time as an independent creative you've worked at agencies um, that are independent and established and you've also done a bit of work client side obviously in kill your darlings you kind of somewhat fallen out of love with the agency world and burnout was obviously a strong theme in the film now you definitely seem to have a a new sense of optimism for being able to change the way that the, the agency world operates tell us a bit about kind of the journey you've been on from the various roles you've had jumping in to the agencies and out of the agency and, and where you're at with it today? I think I need to go back a few years when I really started. And I mean, I come from quite a creative family, but they were never in fashion or advertising. My father hated the idea of me moving into advertising. He wanted me to either study literature or art or something else when he heard that I wanted to move into advertising, especially focusing on fashion. For the first years, he didn't really approve. Of course, he supported, but it wasn't really something that he thought he could ever see himself talking about with me. And now we have really long conversations, hours and hours around it. And he is really, I think, the biggest supporter together with my mother. And 
Afterwards, I started working on the brand side, which was a great learning space because I started working with 18 and doing the whole social media aesthetic and structure for Closed at the time, a brand and denim brand from Germany. And then a year later, I received an email from Marco Polo asking me if I would like to join them and then moved to Munich and still kept working on brand side together with Tom Ballmann, who was my first, so to say, mentor, the creative director at that time at Marco Polo. And he taught me a lot about how to keep an idea on brand, how to work on a brand that is not moving fast. And it's always saying we're not a dolphin, we are a whale, we move more slowly, we need more time. And to work also in a different setup. And then after that, I founded my own agency and worked on that for over four years. And after that, slowly moved back into the agency world and then a few different jobs later, Vice and then Spring Studios. And the shift that I definitely see is when I moved into Vice, there was a different approach on things, but there was still very much an agency. And now at Spring, for the first time, my manager, when I entered, said, okay, Anouk, I can't give you everything and every green light from the beginning, but I do trust you. So please do show me how you would like to do it. And I actually tackled things as if I would still be a freelancer, as if I would still work in a collective. And this, I think, is right now the biggest plus point that I have, that I really treat every client as if I would be a freelancer and if I would not just sit on my salary and be like, oh, no matter what happens here, I will be safe. safe. Like we're, yes, exactly. But really be a freelancer in the sense of um, also having a different relationship with a client because I never really worked with project managers outside of the agency setup or outside of the brand setup. And I do like it better sometimes without, not saying that account managers aren't great and aren't needed. They are, absolutely. They're keeping everybody on track. They are a great bridge between creatives and clients. But I do like to have a very close relationship with clients. It's just my experience. My work, my life has always been better when I had a great conversation and great relationship with the people I work with on the other side. So I'm trying really to bring this collective approach, this agileness, this different way of tackling things into the agency and just seeing also my little creative team as a collective of people that are coming together for certain projects. So even how I put them on projects is different. How I kick off brainstorming sessions is different. I really go back to my freelance years and my idea of creating in the beginning, we were an agency Then I shifted it to a collective because it just was a better fit for my personality and for the zeitgeist. So to really have the feeling of the right person at the right time will be put on the right project, the right client, and we will have a very open dialogue and see each other as a family for that time period. And we will not just discuss in the first meeting margins, budgets and timelines, but the why and why are we actually sitting here and what do we actually want to achieve? And this, I think, is the biggest shift that I also see in my management that more and more they see, hey, this actually is more fun for everybody. This actually does work. And if we unite it smart in a smart way with our structure from the old days, there might be something really cool at the end coming out of this. I love that. That's a really fresh take. It's sort of, I mean, there aren't, I, I don't know, I'm sure agencies maybe do, some of them operate like that unofficially. Um, but it's almost like, what you're doing is taking an approach where someone has a certain skill set or a certain flair for something and you assess it project by project. So rather than it being more hierarchical, it's it's perhaps more based you got on, on talent. Because exactly hierarchy is also something I'm trying to change. Of course, we still have the titles like junior and senior art director and intern and so on. But sometimes my intern is a better fit for an ideation or a creation than even my art directors are, not because of experience, but because of the perspective on the world. 
So a great idea can literally come from anywhere. You just need to have your eyes open and to just always stick to the hierarchies wouldn't be the right approach to it. So this is, these things I'm trying to unlearn with my team, make them unlearn certain things and learn a new approach to these things. Yeah. It's cultural context, isn't it? And the reason yes. why all of these influencers and content creators are springing up brands and products now that are getting huge followings and, and, and sales because they have got a unique perspective, but also a unique kind of connection with the the consumer and the community, the audience, right? So your intern there is far better equipped to work on a certain brief than ECD just because they've got a certain title and they're in the room because of that. Absolutely. And also something I'm trying, and I'm of course, I'm now working on this more with some magazines that we're collaborating with and smaller clients because some really big clients are not ready for it. But I also try always to reduce the amount of time that we work on decks and also the amount of information that is put into decks. In a sense of a deck is not the output. You can have all the information in the deck, but still the output can feel like shit. I'm sorry to say it, but it's just the reality. And I hate the idea that our decks are more beautiful and greater than the final outcome. So I'm really trying to shift this and be like, okay, let's focus on having the most important information, of course, in the deck, but reduce it to really the key elements and then have and gain the trust from the client to find out a lot of different things while creating it and also while being together with all the other creators that then come into a project. Because trying to find every answer to every question in the deck is not an approach that I really 100% align with. Yeah. Yeah. 150 page decks. Mm. I know the last place I worked at were big fans of about 150 page it's, well, decks. It's 149 pages, it's not worth <laughs> worth anything. <laughs> but also, I, I wonder if it's sometimes a, it stops you from executing, yes, right? Exactly. Because it's almost like it, you become so enmeshed in what's in the deck and it, it's a barrier to actually executing some of the work. I often think people struggle with going from strategy to execution. I don't know what your I can give you. I can agencies. give you my worst example and I will not tell you the client, but this was really for me, my worst experience I had in several years where the client wanted to have in the deck, the key visuals mocked up exactly how the outcome of the key visuals would be. And I looked at this task and this request and I couldn't believe it because of course you will have the talents there, you will have the light that will change, you will have the feeling, you might have a moment that is so magical that you want to capture it and this will become the key visual. But they were so set on having a mock-up and a final key visual already in the deck that we needed to really create a perfect mock-up and then even on the shooting day stick to exactly that. It couldn't even move from posture or setup. nothing could change. And this might be right for some agencies or some clients or some campaigns, but for me, this really felt like just, again, being put in a box and not being able to create freely. So for me, I'm really trying, again, trust-wise to get my clients to say, hey, we have everything we need to be reassured that this will perform, that this will look good in the deck. But of course, we give you the freedom that during the day of the shoot, if you find the magic through a small change or through something that changes and through something that comes up, you are free to move where the magic is and not just look at the deck and go like, oh, I'm sorry, this is magical, but we can't do it because it's not in the deck. Yeah, trust really is the key word, isn't it? Because that scenario that you're, you've just told us about doesn't seem like there was much trust because they wanted to see everything 
down to the fine detail. People not having trust. It's, it's their way of working. Yeah, yeah exactly. Working. Yeah, it's their way of working. They have they never experience experienced it otherwise, and it's not only the trust in us that was missing, but they had worse experience or bad experience with many agencies. But what is funny is that sometimes then they look back and they never had the output they liked, but they always had the same brief. And then I'm also looking at them like, guys, if you have the same brief for several agencies and you haven't been happy for the past years, then it's not only a matter of changing agency, but also changing the brief. Isn't that, isn't that the definition <laughs> of insanity, right? Do, doing the same thing over and yeah. over again and expecting different <laughs> results? Yes. Well, you push back. And, and on that, I mean, how, how confident are you in pushing back? We talked a little bit about it earlier on, but, you know, you're obviously a very young, you've achieved a lot in your career, but you're, you're a young creative director, you're a woman, of course. Are you comfortable now? Are you much more comfortable in pushing back from, say, even a year ago since your experience of working on the film of... Kill your darling's email of confidence, for sure. I think the confidence was Did always it. there, but seeing these amazing creatives not only talking to me, sharing with me, but also listening to me, and even after the film, yeah. being open for a dialogue, some of them even becoming friends and yeah. people really trusting me, I do have a lot of confidence. And because of of my experience, I built on 15 years of experience. I just celebrated my 28th birthday. And I wrote a small piece about being in the industry for 15 years. And I couldn't even believe it, writing wow. down this number. Oh, yes, I because saw. I started when I was 13 as the youngest fashion blogger in Germany. And from there, I've been working on so many brands. When I was writing down the projects I worked on as a stylist in the very, very beginning, as an author, as an editor later on, then as a junior creative, as a creative for social media and leading social media. I had so many different roles in the last You've crammed a lot in. Oh my God, I tried it all. Like I think literally I tried every single position that one can have. The only thing that is maybe missing are of course the next steps of management, ECD, CCO, CMO, everything that is there. But in general, from all these different tasks, from art direction, styling, creative direction, editing, literally everything I tried at one point in my life. So the confidence is definitely there. I might not be everybody's cup of tea, also in the creative environment here in Italy, because in Italy it's also differently or done differently than in America. I think in America they would understand me much better because I have a very American mindset of, okay, let's do it. If we fail, we fail and then we do it again. And this is not the Italian mindset, so I'm not about playing it safe. And I love this story that somebody told me about if you are having a startup and if you're an entrepreneur in America, if you had several ideas and several startups that failed, you are looked at as even more successful because they know that you have experience of things failing and they you, they know that you can now build on this experience. But in Europe, if you failed with your one startup, they will never trust you with anything again because they thought like, oh, you you failed on this. You're exactly. So yeah. I'm failing every day on something, either small or big. But again, I'm coming bigger, better, faster the next day. So it's also this, I don't know, I have a Muhammad Ali mindset in this way a little bit. And I think he's also a great inspiration. And a lot of um, inspiration comes also from sports and how athletes train themselves. And this is how I try to not only train my body, but also my brain. But again, coming back to confidence, I do have a lot of confidence on pushing back because if I'm not pushing back, nobody will. And if I'm not being the uncomfortable person in the room that is pointing out the things that I would like to change, again, nobody will. Then we're just saying yes to everything and then this job won't be fun anymore. And then also I can't stand with my name in 
my the person that I am for the work that I have delivered in the end. You've taken a, a practitioner or a, or a kind of elite mindset to honing <laughs> your craft, right? And and becoming oh, yes. a practitioner. And I feel like the advertising industry is filled with a lot of people that don't really take that approach and don't know much about advertising. So great that you're determined and, and motivated to continue It's not comfortable. Learning. This is, well, that's good. This right? is I think... what I learned. Yeah, it's, it's good very uncomfortable. Not... I mean, I think I had situations, especially when I started and I came in with this mindset to Italian clients and I had situations where they were really unhappy with me saying certain things or demanding certain things on set because in the end they are the client. But again, I don't approve of this hierarchy of the client is is the king and everything what the client says counts and is right because this is, again, not what they came for when they came to the agency. It, then they can do it with really just suppliers and just picking some people and directing themselves if they want a different opinion, if they want a different perspective. Then they come to an agency, then they come to a creative team, then they come mm -hmm. to a CD. So this is something I think a lot of creatives lost along the way to what Amara, you said in the beginning about saying no, but it's not only about saying no, because I, it's, I've never stood in front of the client just saying, no, I'm not doing it. I'm always saying I can do it, but I am rather for doing it like this because, and then I explain. And if they still want to, me to do it the other way, I give them another example of why it won't work and I try to push back again. And then we see where we land. Of course, sometimes I also need to do things that I don't approve of. It's not that I get my way every day and also something about agencies and clients that I can't be like it's my way or the highway so I of course need to do compromises but again middle ground it's finding the balance between everything yeah but that's that's the role of a trusted advisor versus a supplier <laughs> like you said exactly yes you, you you talked a little bit um about kill your darlings uh, a few moments ago tell us a bit about then some of the relationships you have kind of built from that then because I know you've you've had a lot of attention and an influx of people from around the industry talking about similar experiences haven't you yes absolutely I mean the experiences have been absolutely wonderful and and shaped me as a person more than anything else in my life before I would say I mean the journey the more time passes the more clear I remember the journey and what I've learned and everything I still use. So I think I created a complete new toolbox that I can now also apply in my day-to-day -day job. That's wonderful. And, and one of the big themes, of course, from that film, um, and, you know, as, as we're coming to an end of, of this conversation, but one of the themes you talked about a lot was, was burnout, and you were very burnt out um, before filming, um, and it was really, uh, you know, a big driver in you perhaps ch changing your your role. So can you tell us a little bit about about that? Um, are you still burnt out? <laughs> oh my God. Are you checked? Oh, no, <laughs> definitely the answer is no. no absolutely good. not. I think I found a good safe space. I really, really do like my team and my environment, which is why I chose uh, Spring, mm. because there is the space. I would definitely say that still it's a challenge to not go back into a different mindset. And it's a challenge that happens every single day when we go into the office. So I'm trying to move more into meditation. I'm trying to move more into reminding myself about the why and the how every single day. But in general, no, I do not feel anything that is connected to burnout these days. 
But for me, it's also something that I need to work on that also my team will never feel it with me. So I'm a bit of a guardian angel and a little bit of a therapist and a friend and a creative director. So I'm all in one person these days. And this is a great challenge though. It's beautiful. Yeah, there are things we can do ourselves, right? To control and, and, and prevent it. But then the environment you're in, and I don't just mean the physical environment, but the people around you, right? The team, the peers, the superiors, for want of a better term, have such an impact on whether or not you can fall into the trap of burnout. And one thing that screams out really loud from hearing everything you've had to say today is that your stint freelancing was so good because actually that gave you freedom and you've been able to, it sounds like you've been able to take that level of freedom into your role at Spring Studios and that the team and and, and the agency there have given you that freedom to operate in a way that actually is healthier and more fulfilling for you. So I hope it continues in that vein and we, we wish you the best of luck. And of course, yeah, we will stay tuned to see how you're doing in uh, in another year's time. But for now, thank that you will so be the much. most uh, interesting part. That's the litmus test, is it? Yeah, where, where are we in yeah. one year? Where are our clients in one year yeah. as well? Were we able to guide with love and guide with fun and excitement and passion? And are the clients happier than ever? Or yeah, where do we stand? It's It's the most interesting question that I ask myself every single day, but then I try not too much to think about the future, but the now. So, yeah. The present, Anouk. The present. It's <laughs> always the present. It was the same with our Kelly Darling's experience at film. Mm. It was every single time, every day, being present for the interview and seeing the person on the other side of the table truly and fully and being in the now. And this is something I learned there too. It was a different form of meditation, but it definitely changed how I approach also dialogues and people what a lovely note to end on yeah what a lovely chat thank you very much of course anytime see you on the other side